Hello, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and good night. All well, of those things. Welcome back to another instalment of the North London 40 podcast. My name is James Hamlin. My name is Inye Benigo. How you doing, mate? Ready I'm for good. another pod? I'm good, I'm excited. The July edition of North London 40. We have to start with a... Now, no switching off, listeners, this early. <laughs> we have to start with a quick non-NFL story. I guess two stories in terms of strange decision by sporting management came out today. Jeremy Lin is no longer going to be a New York Nick. It's a shame because New York are no longer going to be able to sing that great DJ Khaled song, All I Do Is Lin. What do you think, Puns mate? What's the days? verdict? If you, if you had stupidity in the dictionary, blah, blah, blah. James it, Dolan. James Dolan. It is quite possibly one of the dumbest decisions in the history of sports. Look, we're fans. We're, we're not businessmen. We're not, you know, we're not chairmen. We're not on the boards. But we do realise a great sports story when we see it. Tebow week three. We do realise... It's, wait a sec, go back. It's not the dumbest his story in the history of sports. That's when Spurs brought Andy Booth in on loan from Sheffield Wednesday, I think in 99. Anyway, move on. Are you sure it's not David Bentley? Yeah, so yeah, we're not chairman. We're, not, we're punters. We're fans of the game. We want to support sports stories. And I feel that the Jeremy Lin story is one of the best stories in sports, in all of sports in the past couple of years. Agreed. I feel that, you know, the NBA, they, they've had Yao Ming. They've had other, you know... Chinese or Asian players of descent, but I don't think anyone really captured the grit and like the imagination as Jeremy Lin did. He was, you know, Harvard graduate. Come on, how many Harvard graduates are playing? Adam Morrison, he's not a Harvard graduate, is he? No, I don't remember. I don't think so. Um, I don't know why I said that. But anyway, yeah, like he, he adds all the tools there to be a great NBA star of the future. And the Knicks threw that away. Because they wanted to save some money for the first time in their lives. The Knicks are used to paying $100 for pizza. And right now they've finally figured out that you can get it for cheaper. But they get less good pizza. I think I'm with you. And, and just in, any, in case anyone hasn't seen the story, it basically boils down to this. Jeremy Lin was a what is called a restricted free agent. Which basically means that he's on the market. A team comes in and makes him an offer. The incumbent team, that was the New York Knicks, has the ability to match that offer. If they do, the player stays with them, and it allows the player to be restricted but still test out the market. Jeremy Lin received an offer from the Houston Rockets, which, in case you don't know, these guys aren't like the Houston Rockets that won a couple of titles with Rudy Tomjanovic and Hakeem Olajuwon and Clyde Drexler. These aren't um, that team anymore. They're generally a small market team that hasn't been doing too well. So they're gutted the team and trying to rebuild, trying to get themselves in the Dwight Howard mm -hmm. stakes and offer Jeremy Lin a contract which consisted of $5 million in year one, $5 million in year two, $15 million in year three. And then that was going to trigger a luxury tax for New York where you pay $1.50 on the dollar. So they're going to end up paying about $22 million for Jeremy Lin. A problem you can deal with in yeah. year three. Easily, easily. So you can make that money back on, I don't know, probably holding a Jeremy Lin, I don't know, like Jeremy Lin could- Cake sale? Cake sale, yeah, at the MSG, it'll be really simple, like, come on New York, like, come on New York, New York, why am I saying New York, come on the Knicks, simply, you have a team moving into your city limits, backed by Mr. Jay-Z. And a mad, crazy Russian billionaire. Would this not be the time to consolidate the assets that you have? And then make sure that the people that are rushing through to fill the stadium 
will continue to do so because not only do they see Jeremy Lin as, you know, not only do like uh, a market of people that don't necessarily go to NBA games come, but also generally it's, it's an amazing, amazing sports story and you're going to lose out. On well, that. it was. It still could be. Imagine if he goes to the Rockets and he's just a like a semi decent quarter. Uh, sorry, quarterback. Sorry, I'm already thinking of NFL. Good. Just a semi semi decent player for them. Do you know how much like how much that's going to change? He's going to be an automatic All Star for the next three years. I think so. I think so. So, question for you: Jeremy Lin not being re-signed with the Knicks. Worse sporting decision than David Beckham not being picked by Team GB to play in their soccer scene. I know earlier I said that it was the worst sports decision ever. Right. But already there's another decision that's worse already, that it's happened. Look, I, 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 I'm, not, I'm not ashamed <laughs> to say that I can change my mind. And I'm going to say that... You Stuart can P- on this pod. I'm not ashamed to say that Stuart Pearce not picking David Beckham for the 2012 GB team is quite possibly the dumbest move since someone made a sandwich with a croissant. <laughs> okay. So you don't agree? No, uh, like the, how can how how can you? This man has spent what the past seven years or whatever of his life, at least going around, turning up to all these different places around the world, showing oh how great London will be for the Olympics. He has been your pretty boy horse that has brought the prize to London in 2012. And what do you do, Stuart Psycho Pierce? You drop him for who? Craig Bellamy. You mean he's not been going around for the last seven years doing the same for campaigning humanitarian work that Beckham's been doing? No. Stuart Pearce has been like stifling the under-21 team for the past seven years. That's not true, but like for at least the last three. Look, in life, I'm a, I'm a believer that do the easy stuff. Do the easy stuff because life's pretty hard, but always do the easy stuff. Uh, to me, that was a simple and easy decision that you make. It's a 23-man squad takes a monkey off your back but it kind of makes no sense but anyway talking about non-NFL stuff makes no sense yeah. so we should get on to that talking of Jeremy Lin and talking of Bex as we have been for the past couple of mo's, they were both winners at what was the biggest sporting event probably this week which was the ESPYs mm-hmm. I was in the States this past week and fortunately for me and I heard this on SportsCenter the quietest sports week in America so I picked the oh, right uh, week yeah, to go. Yeah, no, definitely. I think you probably you could have maybe seen some baccarat games, or yeah, was the World Series of Poker on? Or, or is it that w- still it illegal? wasn't. It wasn't. Um, I was in. I was in Las Vegas. Were um, the Harlem Globetrotters playing? No, they weren't. Oof. But the the modern day equivalent of the Harlem Globetrotters were winning. Oh, okay. Were playing. Sorry, that was Team USA. They were mm. playing at the time. I didn't see them. Any of them. The hotels or casinos up to any nonsense but i did see them play the dominican republic they um they won was that by a competitive a game was that was that really hard fought was that really the test that they needed for no, spain no it, it wasn't it wasn't it was it was kind of a cakewalk but i also had the um, opportunity to watch the espies mm-hmm. the espies i've never seen it live before and i really really enjoyed it not sure about rob riddle's hosting i thought he was a little bit annoying but extremely impressed by the amount of a-list people that were in attendance in the audience. They were all there. Drew Brees, Eli Manning, Matthew Stafford was Gronk. there. Gronk. We'll Gronk. come to Gronk in a sec because he was there as well. He actually didn't win the Breakthrough Athlete of the Year. He lost to Jeremy Lin. Jeremy Hence, Lin? Really? Oh, wow. Yeah, wouldn't it, yeah, wouldn't exactly. it be great to tie down to a team this week as well? Exactly. He, he, did, he did all that. And yeah, so he... 
He beat Gronk to break for Athlete of the Year, which is incredible. It, com- it sums up the power of Lynn. And, you know, who were the winners? So LeBron won three awards. Shout Boo. to LeBron. He won um, Championship Performance of the Year, um, NBA Player of the Year, and, and something else. He's he part won of that. Team of the Year as well. Team of the Year, that's yeah. right, the Miami Heat. Ward accepted by Mike Miller and Juwan Howard. Yeah. Which was... Uh, the key players. Key players. Somebody yeah. shares my Shows initial. how big the SPs are. Exactly. Shows how big the SPs are. But Tebow was there, obviously, mm-hmm. attempting to humour. Tebow got the best moment of the year to Demarius Thomas. Can't... Re- arguments with that? Can't front with no, that, right? No, definitely. Definitely one of the better players. Was Game of the year. And okay. I will agree with this one as well. 49ers when they beat the Saints in the playoff. That was incredible. Yeah, no, I'd definitely say so. I would go with the 5-3 Arsenal-Spurs game, but that's <laughs> probably not actually uh, in the ESPYs. But yeah, no, that was that was uh, an amazing game. Oh dear. The first mention of our rivalry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The first, the first of many, I'm sure. Record-breaking performance of the year, Drew Brees, and we'll talk about him in a sec, breaking um, Dan Marino's passing record, so he mm-hmm. got some love there. Comeback player of the year, Matthew Stafford's. I, was, I thought to myself, why is he winning this? And I was thinking, oh, God, of course, he was out for a whole season. And, you know, to put into context, and this did get lost, fourth most passing yards in NFL history after being out the season before. Wow. And got a shout-out to the Wolfenstow Dogs. He did, along with Cam Newton, take us all the way to our fantasy title last season. So I'm all on Stafford's. Mm-hmm. Um, he played really, really well. So he won NFL Player of the Year, Aaron Rodgers. Again, no real complaints there. Yep. No real complaints there. Did what he else? do his uh, little championship belt? move i didn't really watch it i I didn't really see all of that i'm Mm. sure you can find it online if you wanted to rg3 male college athlete never really going to be much competition there from there he just signed his uh, contract today he did he did he is a washington redskin and uh, i found out the other day he's got his own pair of adidas socks already which is really yeah i saw adidas do you mean yeah Adidas had, had chucked a load of wedge his way, and he was now an Adidas athlete. So um, I think you can see the socks on the Tumblr. It is northlondon40.tumblr.com. And we should t- shout out the Twitter as well, northlondon40. That's NLDN40. That's at NLDN40. Make sure you tweet us questions, responses, anything you want. Pictures of Tebow, just you know, shopping. Yeah, the Twitter's been great. We're getting lots of messages, people reaching out, people wanting to connect, people wanting to get into the pod. So keep it coming. Yep. Keep it coming. Thank you, you know, so we'll, much for we'll, that. Yeah, someone who didn't win an award, but was, of course, at the ESPYs, was uh, our favourite sportsman in all of Gronk. world sports. Gronk. That was Rob Konkowski. Gronk. You can hear the chants, Gronk. people. It's Gronk. Gronk time. Gronk. Sorry. Now, I have to regurgitate this information. I heard this on Bill Simmons' podcast this week, um, but apparently there was three Rob Gronkowski stories from the ESPYs. Hearing this third hand through Bill Simmons, but anyway, if you haven't heard him. So, Rob Konkowski, apparently at the at the ESPYs, and also Rob Konkowski on the front of ESPN, the magazine this month, The Naked Issue, if that's your thing, check that out with a strategically placed pigskin. Yes. Um, he, he, he's got there. So, three Gronk stories from the ESPYs. Apparently, there was a big queue of people trying to get up an escalator, and Gronkowski came along and ran up the escalator the wrong way, got to the top, turned around, and went, Yeah! Pumped his fist. So the second story was he was also spotted queuing for a stall um, to do what men do with the other two Gronkowski brothers. Shout to Grok Nation. Mm-hmm. And they decided and they roped, roped in some other dudes. They looked at each other and they were like, let's cross streams. So all four of them jumped in the stalls. <laughs> all three Gronks were there crossing streaming, sharing a stall with some lucky guy. Yeah. I wish it was me. Um, and the world's still spinning somehow. Yeah, I'm not really God. sure. And then the third story was apparently the... After party for the SBs was predictably 
at um, some kind of swanky rooftop place in LA. It was quite a hot day. And as he was going up the lift or talking to someone that was in charge of security, Gronk asked a question. Can we party up there with our shirts off? <laughs> it's an important question. I do tend to find myself in situations desperately wanting to take my shirt off. Church. Morrison's. Office, Morrison's. Uh, only Morrison's. Never Waitrose. I'm a classy man. And actually, another story. Uh, apparently, Gronk was at a charity event. There was a charity event at some nightclub. And it just happened to be a nightclub. It just happened to be a nightclub. I don't know why. Maybe it wasn't even a nightclub. I'm not entirely too sure. But basically, it was at a charity event. And the charity event finished at 10 or so or whatever. But then, I'd say, apparently, literally half an hour after the event closed, Gronk had his shirt off partying. So, uh, I think, literally, he cannot keep his shirt on. You can't. You think with all that money that he made from that deal, that maybe maybe that's the thing. Maybe he's just getting rid of shirts. He's just, you know, I've got tons. I can just, I can buy them. Could be like Morton Harkett in the 80s. I remember reading it in Smash Hits. He never wore the same pair of socks twice. So did Michael Parkinson. But talking to people that have recently been paid, getting paid. Getting money. Absolutely. So this week in the NFL was the end of the restriction around franchise players. Now, if we haven't explained this before, when you decide, each team has the option to franchise a player. And what that basically means is they don't have room or they claim they don't have room within their salary cap to actually give this player this long-term contract. Mm -hmm. What they do is they they make him a franchise player, which gives him a one-year deal, which is at the average of the top three players in his position in the league. So it's a a very large short-term deal that on paper sounds good. However, players potentially getting injured, stuff like that, they want long-term deals with guaranteed money. So it's a bit of a poison pill. So going into this week, four big stars in the NFL were going to be franchised by their teams, weren't offered new contracts. They were Drew Brees, yep. who signed a $100 million deal with the New Orleans Saints. And I think people were sick of that. They knew it was going to happen. The Saints had no choice but to sign Drew Brees. Mm-hmm. He's done everything they ever could have asked for him. His position in the community, it was always going to happen. It just dragged out. So Drew Brees is in. Massive $100 million contract. Kudos to you, my friends. Matt Forte has signed with the Chicago Bears. Surprised by this one. Thought they were just going to leave him on the shelf, but he got four years, $32 million. They dragged it out. He now seems happy. Ray Rice, five years, $40 million with um, the Baltimore Ravens. Mm -hmm. Wes Welker, not signed by the New England Patriots. Uh, that's a bit of a shame with that one. With the, with all the other with all the other players there, with Drew Brees, Ray Rice, and Matt Forte, it was a thing that they were they were all assured in their position. And I think with the Wes Welker New England Patriots thing, he is he's putting up some amazing 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 figures. But one of the issues is he plays in the slot for the New England Patriots. So he considers himself one of the elite wide receivers in the league. The Patriots consider him a very good receiver, but not elite because he plays in the slot. And basically, a slot receiver is your third receiver. You know, we haven't had a a podcast about formations, but basically, you know, a, a slot receiver isn't as... I wouldn't say no, ordinarily isn't as good as your first two receivers. He's not Calvin Johnson, basically. Yeah, he's not as as good as the best. He's usually tends to be smaller, tends to run routes across the middle, does not tend to you know go directly down the field, so to speak. With a slot receiver, you're trying to get passes to him within, let's say, five to like ten yards. It's not he's not going to be your primary target. He's not going to be the guy that people are going to lose sleep over. But the New England Patriots being who they are, they are 
masters are trying to figure out and eke ways of gaining gaining yards with different players and different systems as we talked about with the two tight end system the other uh, in the last podcast so it's a shame that they couldn't you know they they haven't reached an agreement but i think they're going to try again next year and you know he wants larry fitzgerald and um you know and calvin johnson money but Look, before we, we all, before we all start crying into our chips for Wes Welker, he's going to earn $9.5 million this season. Mm. But, you know, he goes into next, in the season after next with potentially this one being his last as a New England Patriot. And, you know, we'll see how that story develops. But not everybody gets paid. Yeah. And if you want to look at a team like New England, Tom Brady apart, where players can be slotted in, interchangeable into positions, New England are as good of good at that as anybody so you know we'll see we'll see how that develops so one thing i would say is and this is the same in soccer maybe other sports as well maybe we don't follow other sports as closely and this is especially apt for you fantasy owners coming out there <laughs> players when they get the contract watch out yes. especially running backs oh my god if you can get in a situation where you're going to draft high now the top three, Aaron Foster got his deal a couple of seasons ago, but three of the top four running backs in fantasy football this season are Forte, Ray Rice, and LaShawn McCoy. They've all got their deals. Mm-hmm. Be careful. Guys in a contract year will tend to play better. Robin Van Persie, anyone? Ooh. Yeah? Ooh. Shots fired. They will play better <laughs> in a contract year. So not so much a quarter max. I think it's it's a little bit, it's a little bit different, but... You know, watch out for nature. those guys. Now they have those. Now they have those deals. Exactly, exactly. So we'll get. We'll come on to fantasy, and I think we fantasy drafts are going to start in just over a month. Mm-hmm. We'll be doing a fantasy pod before then, so we won't go too much into fantasy. But watch the contract, guys. People, you know, they've got what they want, and Fedus. But well, we've seen what happens when a player gets a contract, and you know, has got that financial security. Um, they can often end up in sort of like legal trouble, as we mentioned in the last pod. People going Gucci man wasted. Recently, Des Bryant, oh. he has, I'm going to put the massive word in front of anything else we say in the next 35 seconds with the word allegedly put in front of it. He uh, was arrested. That Well, he wasn't allegedly arrested. He was arrested for allegedly hitting his mum. Uh, uh, <laughs> uh, 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 <laughs> That's exactly uh, what it is. Just going on in the background. Um, I don't know about you, James, but I don't think I could hit my mum. No, 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 no. <laughs> like, no. to be honest, like, the reports are saying that he hit her with his baseball cap. So, you know, that's not, you know, it's not Amir Khan bad. But we're just going to say it's all allegedly right now. But um, what isn't alleged, and this actually happened, is his mum is an ex-crack dealer. And she did go to prison for dealing crack. Are you saying that because she's hard body that he's allowed to potentially hit her with a cap? I would never say that. Okay. All I'm saying is, is she's nails. All right, all right. And well, he was we probably can provoked. That. Out to Mama Bryant. She's got a bit of previous. That was probably the worst thing that happened on the kind of on the rap sheet section of the show this week. It we... was it was getting so bad that well, I th- I think uh, you know we almost had to have a section of like who in the NFL got in trouble to training camps and stuff. You're talking about 70 players on 32 teams. Yeah, yeah like there's a that's a lot of people. That's a quite a large. I don't know, close to like six seven hundred people. People are going to get in trouble, but. It's also the thing about contracts. If you are comfortable, 
you are going to go ahead and not bother training as much. You're going to get into trouble. You're going to get drunk. You're going to do all this and that. And it's and it's a shame. I, I don't remember a lot of players getting in a lot of trouble last year while uh, there was a potential lockout. It's true. Um, Alden Smith, he was he was naughty a couple of weeks ago, wasn't he? He got stabbed yep. at a house party. Yeah, Marshawn Lynch got a DUI in Oakland. Well, standard, right? Eh, not sure. It's, it's the Bay. Standard stuff. Re- re- reading about the Alden Smith report, it's like the house party was so large, more than 100 people were estimated to be there. Now, if I'm your average NFL player, <laughs> that's just like one room, True. right? So someone up and st- stabbed him. Did I mention the fact he's six foot four, two hundred and fifty-eight pounds? You've really got to be drunk to stab someone like that. Absolutely, absolutely. Are we sure it wasn't with like a salad fork? That's what I wanted. <laughs> was it just someone just that was a dare? That was what it was. Who knows? So what does all this, all those, what does all this junk mean to what's happening in the state of the NFL? Well, we're actually looking at uh, the Bill Barnwell piece. Excellent writer at Grantland.com, and he's been in Vegas. And again, I was in Vegas last week, so I, was, I, I looked at it with. Um, with even more interest. So the odds in Vegas are starting to move, mm-hmm. right? We talked about in the last pods, the preseason lines were out, people predicting who was going to do what. They've already started to move. Now, you know, in Vegas, it's all about people from big cities coming in and, and, and making bets and stuff. But as the free agency period starts to come, I guess a close and teams, what they have, a few things are starting to move. So just to talk about some of the big movers, you know, the teams at the top are still the teams at the top, right? New England is still up there. Green Bay, you know, they're still up there in the reckoning. Mm-hmm. People still like the Eagles. But the San Francisco 49ers. Yep. And this is based on the book at the MGM Grands. They've gone from 10 to 1 to 4 to 1. It's crazy. Huge shift. Why? Mm-hmm. Well, they have Randy Moss, they have Mario Manningham, and they have an Alex Smith situation which seems to have calmed itself down. He's mm-hmm. re-signed and they're, they're doing that. So, yeah, if you wanted to bet on the Niners, it seems like you're a little bit too late. So people really like the Niners. What do you think of the Niners? I like the Niners next season. Do you um, like I'd have to say so. That, you know, they, they were very close to doing it last year, and I think they've added pieces that could... Um, they didn't have a lot of wide receiver threats, so, you know... Even though Randy Moss may not be who he was, but you know, still do something. But Mario Manningham is a is a great addition, I have to say. So, Jerry's uh, out of Manningham. He was on my fantasy oh, team sorry. last season, and he and he stunk up the joint. He was <laughs> terrible, but came through in a big game. Maybe he continues that form at, at SF. So we shall see. Who else has jumped up a bit? The Bears gone from twenty five to one to eight eight to one. Go Bears. The Jets. They've leapt a little bit. Just to talk about the Bears. I think there's a lot to get in for. They've got Forte yep. signed now. They've got Brandon Marshall. All the pieces in place, so that's good for them. The Jets, still looking good. Denver. Oh, I Sorry, just very quickly. I know that I'm you know, I'm very much on the Tebow bandwagon. and Of course, some of it is played up for last. But I did hear something the other day that is I had never thought of, but is incredibly smart. Tebow has been um, practicing on the punt team for the Jets. And this is... Just to quickly add, they were 30-1, to one, they're now 12-1. to one. Yeah. Basically, by putting a quarterback, an athlete like Tebow, on your punt team means that the other team that is going to be receiving the punt will have to now put at least two players to spy on Tebow because Tebow could receive the punt and potentially run or throw, and so that means it's going to be a hindrance for the receiving team. So, uh, yeah, so that's actually somewhere else that the um, that the Jets are finding a way of putting in the T-ball. It's improving their odds on a mm-hmm. weekly basis. Denver, 75-1 to 1 to 7-1. to 1. 
naturally. That's a, that's a Peyton Manning move. Yep. So that so that's all quite interesting. We'll throw these up on the Tumblr this week, and mm-hmm. you can start to get your bets in now, whenever. See these things move, but why not have a punt on a couple of teams? So a team that was bottom of the, I guess, if you want to want to call this some sort of leaderboard or yeah. not at the bottom of the board at the start of <coughs> free agency slash preseason slash whatever was Tampa Bay. They have moved from 200 to one right down to a respectable 50 to one. Yep. And this brings us on to a tweet we got today from our man over at Gothic football. Shout out. Shout out. Shout out to Pete at Gothic football. who sent us a note saying, so the debate last night seems to be if the Bucks truly have a shot at an eight and eight season. Many are projecting 7-9 this season, which I can understand from their schedule. However, I'm just a diehard fan that hopes for an 8-8 eight eight season. It's, it's, again, it's a little bit like, it's a little bit like following it's, Spurs, isn't it? It's <laughs> like, I'm hoping for an 8-8 eight eight season. Aim higher than that, Pete. Aim higher than that. It, like, I, part of me just has to smile at that and just go, that is NFL parity right there. That You can say that you want a 500 season, and you know that a 500 season does put you in potentially a good opportunity for a wild card slot. He goes on to say, I like them as my dark horse favourite to win the NFC South. Will the Saints be able to generate a willing season? Well, they're in disarray, but they still have Breeze out there chucking the ball downfield. It'll be interested in your opinion. So we had a look at Tampa Bay's schedule, mm-hmm. and we put our heads together and, and fired up our own kind of machines in the background that help us predict the future. Yep. And look, you know, Tampa Bay have drafted well. Josh Freeman has to be better than he was last season. They've picked up some free agents. They've picked up Vincent Jackson. New Orleans, well, mm-hmm. they have got worse. They yep. don't have a coach. Atlanta, unpredictable. Gutted the team to get Julio Jones. Don't really know where they're at. Carolina should be getting stronger with Cam Newton. We went through all the fixtures, didn't we, Enya? Where are we pulling Tampa Bay out at? See, last year they were at 4-12. This year, I'd say they move up, but I still say they go 6-10. and 10. You're calling 6-10? and 10? Mm-hmm. I think 8-8 eight and eight's doable. Tough. It is doable. Free agents fire. New Orleans a pap. It's doable. I'm thinking seven and nine. I think I'm with you, Pete. So um, go Bucks regardless. Hopefully, Are they the uh, Cayman Island Bucks yet or not? Do we know? Because well? the Glazers, uh, they've registered the Manchester Manchester United as in the Cayman Islands to help sell uh, IPO stock or whatever. So I don't know if the Bucks have been... The Bucks are the ones that the only team that they will not like, you know, use debt to finance. Could be. That could be. Could be. This week, the free report came out. Yeah about the true shocking story about what's been going on at Penn State and what's been going on at Penn State for many, many years. 460-page report. If you want to seek it out, it's pretty easy to find. But Mm -hmm. just to get everybody up to speed around this, Joe Paterno, historic coach at Penn State since the 60s, uh, one of the biggest figures in American sports, full stop in terms of coaching. It turns out it was it was revealed last year, really, that Jerry Sandusky's offensive coordinator had been arrested for sodomizing young boys on the Penn State campus, mm-hmm. immediately suspended. Joe Paterno immediately suspended, and investigation took place. And, and the results came out this week. And, you know, again, they're out there. Reid, come to your own conclusion. But the thing that's come out of the report was that staff members were told about this and appropriate action wasn't taken. Yep. And, you know, we're not talking about months ago. We're talking about years ago. This has gone back well into the 80s. And it's just, you know, it's an awful, awful story. It's it's really rock college football. Penn State, one of the most prestigious universities in the country. It's just an awful story as to what happened next, really. Incredibly sad. There's been nothing of this magnitude in sports at all. As people are trying to weigh up appropriate punishments for the school and what's going on, difficult to try and 
marry a sports punishment for the actual football team and actually what has taken place. And I guess that programme tries to move on and, and hopefully everybody does too, really. Talking of college football, something that is evolving is college football in 2014 are finally mm-hmm. going to launch a playoff system. Now, again, we, well, we've barely got enough time to talk about the NFL, really, but college football is absolutely amazing. And But one of the things that isn't amazing about it is this concept of who they basically pick who plays for the national title. It's a concept of coaching polls and controversy, and it's just, there's books that have been written about it. It's all pretty dull. Yeah. But what they're going to do next season, which is, um, which is really interesting, is they're going to, sorry, season after next, 2014, they're going to instigate a four-team playoff system. So they're going to be able to pick the best four teams based on records and conferences, and they're all going to go head-to-head, and then they're going to play for a national title, which is very exciting and, and a long-term coming, and it, it's going to take place on the current BCS Bowl sites. And the semi-finals will be played on December 31st and January the 1st, and the championship game on January the 12th, 2015. It's not going to put an end to all the controversy, but an interesting story, because people have wanted to, to get this get to this point for a while, and, and, you know, it just makes it a little bit more exciting, and sports love the playoff format, and, you know, good thing for all considered so it was one of those weird anomalies as much as sports should respect tradition and respect what's going on i think that sometimes you really have to move forward with the times and with the bcs system it really was just getting infuriating that we could not see the best teams competing whilst in every pretty much every other sport you could see that also obviously inspired by Ray Lewis coming and hanging out with the team and giving a very inspirational chat to the team. Mm-hmm. The big grudge match at the end of the season between the two powerhouse franchises in our city, the London Blitz and the London Warriors. The London Warriors beat them twice. Congratulations. 18-14 now. The London Warriors versus the London Blitz. So both teams go into the playoffs. This is true. But the London Warriors with a big psychological and record advantage over the Blitz. Brit Bowl playoffs going to be taking place over the next few weeks. LondonBlitz.com has got a bunch of information if you want to follow the Blitz. London Warriors as well if you want to follow a little bit with them. It's all leading up to the final which is going to take place at the Don Valley Stadium in Sheffield 23rd, 24th of September. So we'll be keeping you regularly updated and as we lead up to the final 23rd and 24th of September. Mm-hmm. So let's have a look what else is in the post box. This week. So, yeah, we got a note from, from Matt, who took a time out to, to send us a note. We appreciate Hi, that. What he said was, could you give us a brief overview of the recent history of the game? What's kind of happened and who have been the big teams and successes and the failures? At least maybe since the 80s. What reps are out there? Who are the di- dirty teams? The lucky ones? The chokers? The underachievers? The most hated? The most loved? Who's got the best fans? Matt, it's a great question. Sounds like a whole pod in itself that we could sit here breaking it down, giving our our opinions on, but maybe let's prowl through some of this quite quickly. We'll do that. What's happened and who have been the big team over the recent years? So we covered this. Free agency's changed a lot of things over the last few years. There's a lot more equality. The power franchises that you all would have got familiar with in the 80s, the Dolphins, the Raiders, the Giants, the Bears, the Cowboys, the Redskins... I've had mixed fortunes as mm-hmm. we've come out into the 90s, into the free agent period, and things have been a lot more levelled. But what you've found in recent years, the success story has been the New England Patriots. Five Super Bowls, I believe, in the last 11 years. Yeah. New York Giants have won it 
this year, two Super Bowls for them. But generally, the contenders have been have players have got strong and stayed healthy. And again, it's led them with quarterbacks. So New Orleans won a Super Bowl three seasons ago. Continued to be consistent since then. One of the power teams in the NFC. Green Bay, again, massively strong quarterback. And Aaron Rodgers won a Super Bowl two seasons ago. One of the top contenders to, to look out for this season. It's where the quarterbacks are. Or where the big defences are. Yeah. Baltimore, the Steelers in the AFC. So, you know, last few years we've seen those teams. Pittsburgh have won a couple of Super Bowls. So, you know, those are the types of teams that have been doing well over the last couple of years. I think we've tend to we found that if you win the Super Bowl, it's it's very difficult to defend it the year afterwards. Not only in just in the typical sense of like, you know, everyone you've got you know the the belt around your waist and everyone wants to try and beat you the year afterwards but it, it, there's also just the simple fact of parity in the league you can't build powerhouses the same way thanks to um salary caps it means that people and teams you know they can be strong one year and not strong the other you you can have let's say a really great offense one year and then you tr- spend that off season trying to improve your defense and next thing you know your offense isn't as good it's all about tinkering and trying to find the right thing i'd i'd have to say the most stable teams have have been the ones with the, the best quarterbacks so you know tom brady in the past 5 years also like has been just exemplary been amazing drew Brees came into his own at new um new orleans and turned into a an exemplary quarterback you have aaron Rodgers, who's just entering that thing eli manning who's just entering that phase you have peyton manning who's just i'd say arguably leaving that phase so it's kind of trying to find the right sweet spot like they they say that in soccer that once you buy a player at 28 to 31 that's his prime basically in nfl you've really got to have your team built around the quarterback around his prime and i feel that you can you can be too young you can never necessarily be too old but you do tend to find that older you know older quarterbacks will get a team to the super bowl but they may not often win so if you go back through history so denver repeated in 98 and 99 and it's only since then that new england managed to repeat in 2004, 2005. It generally doesn't happen. But if you look at the teams that have won Super Bowls since effectively 97, 98, they've either been won by superstar quarterbacks along the likes of Ben Roethlisberger, Tom Brady, Eli Manning, Drew Brees, Aaron Rodgers, or amazing defenses, Baltimore or Tampa Bay, and you can the stats stick up for themselves, and and you can generally see that coming through. So as you go into this season, I think the same reigns true. Look at the big quarterbacks, look where they're playing. That's probably where the title's going to end up this season. Who are the dirty teams? Who are the dirty teams out there? See, it's really it's a lot diff- it's a lot more difficult to say who are the dirty teams in 2012 than it was in the 80s and 90s. I do feel that there was a sense of pride attached to being a dirty team in the 80s and 90s that the NFL is wanting to clean up as we've seen with the with the bounty scandal in New Orleans well, this side the New Orleans states are the dirtiest <laughs> yeah. team right um uh, I would I would say so but I'd I'd go probably go with the team that probably suffers quite a few times from penalties and I'd say the Detroit Lions yeah I it's think not th- yeah it's a, it's a tough thing to do in this day and age because I think teams are are too conscious of losing the, the yards rather than in terms of establishing themselves as being dirty. Detroit Lions, and it's cost them games. And look at what it does to their coach. And Jim Swartz getting fired up and going crazy like that. You know, it really, really matters. 
And, you know, you had the Raiders in the 80s and it was kind of a cool thing to do. Yeah, Detroit Lions and Damakon Sue. And it spreads through the team. It's not like it used to be, right? It's not like it used to be. This whole kind of bad boys, Detroit Pistons, LA mm. Raiders thing. You know, it, it's, it's kind of moved on a little bit. So that's it. It's not to say the game is getting cleaner. It's just to say that I think that the element of being dirty in order to win does not help you win in 2012. I think you can either have teams that will play percentages or in terms of just let's try and establish the fundamentals well and then we'll try and eke out wins in terms of that. Ball possession is a much bigger thing. I know this all sounds boring, but trust me, when you watch the game, it will actually be a lot more exciting than me describing ball possession. Pause. (laughs) So the lucky ones and the chokers. Now... Would you say Eli Manning and the Giants have been the lucky ones and recently New England Patriots and Tom Brady have been the chokers? I would say yes to the first part. Okay. I do definitely feel Eli's probably got a leprechaun in his pocket because if you think back of the catch with David Tyree, you know, it's it's unbelievable. He caught it with, <coughs> you know, half with his mask, half with his hand, half with the Madonna poster from 1984. It's It was, it was unbelievable. And the Giants... Yes, they have um, Eli as a as a great quarterback, but even still, now I, you know there's there's part of me that doesn't really rate him as a quarter, great quarterback. He's not putting up the amazing numbers. You know they've got Victor Cruz now, who's you know kind of becoming into his own a, a major star. But I, I definitely, I definitely think that they have had the majority of luck in recent times. The most hated, and the most loved. Who for me. It's in one breath. It's the Dallas Cowboys, right? Yeah, I would. They, they are America's team. They are the most loved and hated. They all that comes with being a Dallas Cowboy. For example, let's look at Tony Romo, quarterback. He used to go out with Jessica Simpson. He did no longer goes out with Jessica Simpson. He doesn't. Loved. Had an amazing season. Fumbled a snap. Hated. Yep. Then went on to not being very good. Hated yep. again. Got replaced by John Kitner. Don't know if that's hate or love, but still. <laughs> has to be mentioned and is and is now after the Drew Brees contract potentially finding him present in in a position of caking in terms of just getting tons of money for not necessarily caking. being yeah have you never heard the expression caking? never heard it yeah it's, a, it's a, I don't want to yeah it's a, a hip hop expression I, I don't know well, I guess it's just like I think it comes from the Lil Wayne line I get cake like every day is my birthday so cake is birthday yeah anyway caking um, he's going to be caken because of the president set by the Drew Brees contract, even though I don't feel he's an elite quarterback because, as far as I remember, he hasn't won a playoff game yet. You're absolutely right. He hasn't. He hasn't. Tough job, though. Tough job when you're, when you're playing for America's most loved and hated team, mm-hmm. I would say. And to close it off, who's got the best fans? I would say Seattle Seahawks. Okay. I am going to go with statistics. Okay. You're going to think, wow, can you do statistics for the best fans? No, it's very I, I, simple. I love this. Um, it's the Green Bay Packers. Okay. Because there is a 68,000 waiting list for their season tickets. Okay, but it's it's a city of 25,000 people, right? I know. It's in the middle of nowhere. It's freezing. But, yep, they still have that massive waiting list. And, yeah, they're definitely the Green Bay Packers. Okay, no, that's a great call, actually. I would say Seattle... They are officially the 12th man. They are the loudest fans in the NFL. And, you know, that's an absolutely sports-mad city. And the fact that they've lost a basketball team recently that have gone on to do 
really well. I think it's made them get behind their NFL team even more. So shout to, shout to the Green Bay fans, shout to the Seattle fans, shout to all NFL fans. Mm-hmm. Of course, we're laying that down. So what else you been up to this week? Have you seen? Have you checked the new Louis? Louis yes. CK. Have you seen it? Season um, three. Season three. Season three has been going all right. It's pretty good. Louis's done some ballsy moves, I have to say, uh, such as the mother of his children being played by a black woman, even though he has white kids, is quite a uh, interesting thing. She was the best woman for the part. That's why he chose her. See, I haven't seen this yet. I'm a little bit behind. I know I'm going to love it. I'm a little bit behind, but I know the season's hot. And I just watched the third episode today where Louis goes to Miami and it's probably one of the best pieces of uh, tourism in... Like, uh, I'm a massive fan of Anthony Bourdain's No Reservations, okay. which is part cookery show, part travel show. And this Louis episode is amazing, funny, and has a really great point about male friendship and um, the limitations of that. So, yeah, I would definitely recommend to check that out. And I know you haven't seen it yet, but you need to watch Breaking Bad. Yeah, I'm behind. I've been traveling. I've been traveling around, and two of my favorite shows, Louis C.K. and Breaking Bad. I'm behind. I will get on it. Brilliant, brilliant stuff. Can't wait. I just know I'm gonna love it. I feel like you didn't tell us enough about your Vegas trip. I feel that there's like there there are important bits that you you potentially could share with us all. I could. I could. I'm not necessarily gonna do that. But no, it was it was a great. It was a work trip. I'm very successful on the work front. You know that that worked out pretty well. But you know, despite it being. America's quietest sporting week. Mm-hmm. Saw the Amir Khan fight. Yep. Great seats for the Amir Khan fight, and that, that didn't turn out too well, but great fight. Let's see Team USA. That was cool. Saw Summer League. Fantastic event, Summer League. Get would, to you, see. would you say it's a good idea to watch the Summer League? I know this is another sport, but would it be? is it worth trying to find a, a link? Find a bar to watch yeah. Summer League in? <laughs> I would say this. On TV, no. Mm. But if you're there, you can get super close to the players and you can actually experience how big, physical, and talented they are. When you're used to seeing them on TV, or if you go to a stadium and you see a pro team, you're sat up in the guards, you currently see it. Summer League is a small auditorium, sit where you want, general admission, bang, it's fantastic. Mm. And in terms of amazing thing, my favorite rapper of all time, Big Daddy Kane, was in Las Vegas, saw him to do a performance. I was enraptured when I saw he was playing at one of the hip-hop clubs. so Was he still busting out the moves as well? Or you not? know what? He wasn't. He still dresses like Ray Winston in Sexy Beast. <laughs> but I like that. Yeah. I like that. And, and, you know, it's always an absolute pleasure to see. Didn't lose too much money gambling. Well, apart from the money I lost on the Amir Khan fight. Didn't go to any strip clubs. So um, I came out of there live. Vegas rocks the spot, of course. What do you think about there being an NFL team in Vegas one time, at one point? You know, it's interesting, actually, because as you go around the Thomas and Mack Center, they show, they memorialize lots of stuff. And I think they've had arena league teams there and stuff mm-hmm. over the past, but yeah, even in the winter, it's too hot. It's not going to happen. I don't think enough people live there, right, to build, up, to build up a team. I don't, I don't think that's necessarily going to happen. But you don't think that, like, with the amount of traffic into Vegas every weekend that everyone would want to try and see that team? It'd become America's team eventually. Look, if they're going to try and bring the St. Louis Rams over here, as, as I'm now calling yep. them, the St. London Rams. Yep. Um, North why, London Rams. Uh, North London Rams, even. We're, yeah, we're claiming them yep. here. Why not an NFL team in Vegas? They don't need it. Okay. They don't need it. I don't, th- I don't think they need it. They've got Carrot Top. Exactly. Exactly. They've got Carrot Top and all, and all that good stuff. So, new Frank Ocean album. Yes. Opinion? You checked it? Yeah, I'd say very good. Got some big figures week one. What were the figures? Do you remember? Or no? He did over 100k. Oh. iTunes exclusive. 
I think that's true. That's pretty good on iTunes exclusive. It's 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 a very very good album. Um, very talented man. Very much looking forward to what he's doing in the future. None of it quite reaches the heights of pyramids, but hey, not everyone can come out with the pyramids. So, but pyramids is on the album. True. No. Yeah. Please don't like you know not consider listen to the album because nothing's as good as the lead single. Well, me especially grew up in an age of big single. Rush out, get the album. Mm. Big disappointment. I guess you don't have to buy albums. Are you kidding now? Well, this generation has to deal with it almost as worse. Like, the amount of albums that you listen to and you go, there are three songs on this, but I heard them all on mixtapes a year ago. Yeah, but they don't have to buy the album. That's just true. That's a point. I see what you mean. Like, iTunes has killed the album. I've given it five listens. I, I don't think it's quite enough yet. I'm getting into it. There's some real touches on there. You say, Pyramids has got to be the track of the year. It has to be. You've seen him live, haven't you? I have seen him live. XOYO. His, um, his first performance in London. That was weird. That was weird. It was very overhyped. I don't like XOYO. If, if I remembered correctly, did was he not playing Guitar Hero? No, he didn't. But for the Eagles track, he put weird guitar hero stuff in the background and it went on far too long oh, okay. it was it was a 20 minute concert 20 stretched, minutes no listen that's two pyramids no no it was a 20 minute concert stretched across an hour oh okay I see what you're saying right, in a bit of a dumpy venue so mm-hmm. it was fun it was fun to kind of see him and stuff and it, it was fun but no, I think it's a great record I think it's is he um, is he on Twitter Frank Ocean yes he is is he um, on black Twitter <laughs> he's, he's suffering from black Twitter this week first of all Please, if you are going to follow Frank Ocean on Twitter, make sure you spell Frank Ocean correctly and not follow Frank Ocean with the A and the E and the Ocean spelt miscorrectly because that's a parody account. And everyone, I've seen tons of people retweeting that parody account this week. And especially that parody account's having a ton of fun, but since Frank Ocean came out and is retweeting some of the most nonsense things ever and completely devaluing the whole Frank Ocean experience. Okay. Anyway. Ladies and gentlemen, I present to you Black Twitter. <laughs> These are things that, you know, not everyone's going to be comfortable with me saying about. It's not like it's a secret. It's there for everyone to see. If you see a weird trending topic on Twitter, it is more likely coming from Black Twitter. So, for example, trending topic on Twitter that says, if you want to get with me, you've got to blah, blah, blah. That's a trending topic from Black Twitter. Effectively, it's a lot of people tweeting nonsense so tend to stay away from it. It's not necessarily enlivening the culture. A lot of us use Twitter for a very simple fact of getting news and information and following our friends and all the things are interesting. It's like a way of tailoring the internet for us. But Black Twitter does not necessarily do that. On the positive note, it has created stars. You've got people like Lil Duval. You've got Kevin Hart. These names may not mean a lot to you, but when Kevin Hart is headlining shows in London without doing any real promo here, you've got to understand the power of black Twitter. So I don't necessarily know what to do when I'm faced with black Twitter. What should I do? First of all, don't ever pretend that you have lots of fellow black Twitter friends. No, I'm okay. kidding. It's, it's <laughs> To be perfectly honest, you're rarely going to come across it because it it does tend to be a very American thing and I do think that it, 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 it like, it, it appeals to a lot of things that I don't feel us over here in Britain have. So, for example, unless you're a big love and hip-hop fan, you're not really going to know the characters that Black Twitter make famous. Apparently, one of them is Stevie J. Unless okay. you're watching World Star Hip-Hop Daily, 
For example, ratchetness, the keyword phrase of the day in the States, yep. is another phrase that black Twitter loves. Of course. So, um, so yeah, so this phrase ratchet or righteous is something that black Twitter has perpetuated. I feel that I'm probably going to get ostracized from this. I don't mean it in a negative way. I'm just saying, watch out. There's The great thing about Twitter, it allows you to have insight into lives of people that you may not have, and I feel black Twitter is another one of those um, aspects. So the the fans of the pod, now they know what black Twitter is, me included, I guess they're probably thinking, and we should probably wrap this up here, I guess they were probably thinking is, when does the perfect storm occur of NFL and black Twitter? When when do they meet? Is this going to happen during the season or games or, or what? Two words, Chad Ochocinco. Ah. Everything comes back to him. <laughs> right, people, let's leave it at that. Now you know what black Twitter is. Now you know a hell of a lot more about the NFL. Now you know a little bit more about us. You can continue with your week. We'll be back in a couple of weeks' time. We're going to be gearing up for the start of the season. We can't wait. We're going to be talking fantasy. We're going to be talking some more John Madden stuff. We're going to be filling in on the UK playoffs. We're going to be shaping up pre-season. We're mm-hmm. going to be looking at picks, talking gambling, all that good stuff. Remember, send us your emails, northlondon40 at gmail.com. Tweet us at North London 40, Tumblr, northlondon40.tumblr. Hit us up, hit all the channels. Mm-hmm. iTunes, we're on there. Get downloaded, share on your friends. We're really enjoying this, and um, yeah, we'll be back soon. Yep, take care.